Alexander Graham Bell once wrote, I have traveled around the globe. I have seen the Canadian and American Rockies, the Andes, the Alps, and the Highlands of Scotland. But for simple beauty, Cape Breton outrivals them all. Well, my guest today on the program makes some awfully beautiful music. It's compelling, rich, and pretty stunning stuff. And, spoiler alert, they're from Cape Breton. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Oh, well, everyone knows down the John Neil George Road, there's a diamond day, a dozen for nothing, and let's about ya. And with an old tin can up the marble mountain, oh, you'll hear me singing, I the bias that says I love ya. In the middle of the night, should you find me still a of Villages, a band which features my guests today on the program, Matt Ellis and John Pirro. Let me tell you a little bit about Cape Breton's own Villages. Inspired by poetry, traditional Celtic music, indie rock, and the terrain of their beloved home of Cape Breton, the members of Villages have the island in their bones. And that makes sense because they come from five generations of Cape Bretonians. So it's safe to say, yeah, it's in their bones, but it's also in their hearts, their minds, and their souls. The band's new long player, Dark Island, is a moving meditation on ancestry, roots, and Cape Breton itself, the latter being the spiritual connective tissue that links the album's 11 tracks. From songs like the buoyant Love Will Live On to the moving Celtic groove of Play the Fiddle All Night, which you just heard, Dark Island is filled with pure sonic joy. Produced by Juno Award-winning composer and producer Joshua Van Tassel, who's worked with the Great Lakes Swimmers and Fortunate Ones, this album is nothing short of revelatory. Informed by the dramatic terrain of Cape Breton and the nature that inhabits it, Dark Island creates a moving landscape of sonorous melodies, lifting harmonies, and poetic finesse. And John and Matt, well, they're lovely guys, so let's meet them. Here we go. My conversation with two-fourths of Villages right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. thing so i've been listening to the music and something about it seemed really uh familiar to me and i couldn't figure out what it was and i woke up this morning i went straight to my bookshelf and i figured it out hey oh, right on <laughs> yeah right nice nice 
so the listener can't see what I did, but I held up Alistair MacLeod's Islands book, his uh, collection of short stories, Alistair MacLeod, of course, a legendary Canadian um, author from Cape Breton. But I'm not crazy, right? Like, this guy had to be an influence on you and the way you think about Cape Breton. No, not at all. all. No, Alistair MacLeod was a part of our curriculum in high school, so um, we were kind of exposed to his his work, like, like mandatorily, but of course fell in love with it and, and have continued to read it, for sure. I love this. I've not read um, No Great Mischief. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It's it's some dark or some dark business. Oh, yeah. It's typically dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the music like your music is so beautiful, but also there is a darkness to the compositions that I'm definitely picking up on something. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of a a gift us Cape Bretoners have. We kind of see uh, see the beauty in the darkness for sure. I've interviewed a lot of Canadian bands, and it seems like um, like regionalism is really important. Like like that sort of like the identity of the region. Um, like I talked to Tim Baker. I talked to the singer of Great Big Sea, and and all where they're from is so much a part of what they do. Um, do you guys feel that way, like in terms of your your identity of where of where you grew up is a huge part of 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 what you do? Absolutely. Uh, I think like Cape Breton Island is a part of Nova Scotia, but it's not uncommon to like if someone will say, "Are you from Nova Scotia?" If you're from Cape Breton, you'll make sure to say Cape Breton versus just like <laughs> Nova Scotia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we're very proud of of where we come from. I think it's just island mentality of uh, you know we're all. We all depend on on one another for everything, and it's just uh, it's it's such a part of us that uh, uh, we really embrace it. Yeah, and I imagine the sense of community is a huge part of your of your your makeup. Yeah, 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 absolutely for sure. Where we come from, you know, our community where we grew up, everybody knows everybody, but we know everybody in every community within you know. 100 kilometer radius there's it's a series of communities that make up a broader community it's a very community oriented uh, cape breton for sure yeah did you guys know each other as kids yeah so so matt and i and travis who's also in the band are actually all first cousins so we grew up together you know through family but also through proximity we live we live in the same place travis and i lived across the road from each other and then archie um is from a, a little a little ways down the road, um, but we went to high school together with Archie, so we, we've all kind of grown up together. Okay, so this is a very California question, you guys. But <laughs> what do you do in the winter? <laughs> because it seems like well, that's that's <laughs> a great question. Uh, um, winters can be brutal for sure. We're getting off uh, with the, you know, we're yeah. getting away with something this this winter. It seems it's been a real it's been a real mild or, you know, not a whole lot of snow for sure. But growing up, uh, I'll just say it with lots of snowmobiling. I did tons <laughs> of snowmobiling. Uh, we played hockey, of course. Uh, but, you know, we just tried to spend as much time otherwise uh, together and indoors when we have to be indoors. But uh, I think I think the wintertime is when people really, really kind of tend to come together. Yeah, I find now, especially it's kind of a time where we really hunker down and, and, and write a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what we do um, these days. Because mm -hmm. I, would, I would imagine that 
it looks a lot different from October on in terms of like who's out, who you see. You probably don't run to you know run into people as much as you would in the in the summer or the spring. Um, I would imagine it can also get a little solitary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely definitely can, and I think that's why uh, I think we tend to make a point of of trying to come together, but it can definitely be uh, solitary. Solitary. Sometimes you don't have a choice. You might be uh, stuck in <laughs> for a while. I know. Yeah. Definitely had occasions where you couldn't really go anywhere for for a few days or or what have you. So it can definitely be solitary. How far back does your lineage go on Cape Breton? For us, it's uh, five generations anyway. Because there's this kind of American tradition of going west if you're east. You know, like there's typically this sort of like that Woody Guthrie, I'm going to go ramble, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find something. There's a sort of a romance with the West Coast here. Um, was it, did it ever occur to you guys? Like, because you know, you're in a band and and a band will make you, you will ramble in a band, right? You're, you're going to be yeah. going, you're going to be touring. Um, did it ever occur to you to live elsewhere or is your identity so fixed in Cape Breton that the idea didn't even really cross your mind to, to leave? We're very lucky that we do love to be on the road and we love touring. Um, um, but it it's unavoidable. It's just really something that's in us that's that that you you really do miss home. It's kind of this wild thing of even like a you know on a flight or something when it lands they'll they'll clap and stuff because it's yeah. just like they're we're back. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, it's uh, it's a lot of love for where we're from, which is actually shown in the music where you know sort of. I love that balance of that sort of indie indie rock, indie folk stuff with the sort of, um, you know, the traditional Celtic rhythms and, right, so you balance the the past and the present so beautifully. So there's that great, that great melding. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, we, we started writing music with very, like, um, I'd say like a lot of pop sensibilities. We were, we loved uh, like Halifax bands like Sloan and Thrush Hermit and the Super Friends and and then of course like Teenage Fan Club and bands like this and we wrote because we had another band called Mardine and we uh, that's how kind of we cut our chops I guess by by writing in that sense and then kind of going back to the missing home and it just being in your blood we instead of running from it we just embraced it and uh, we wanted to take the music of our island and kind of push it, try to push it forward in a direction that we were inspired on this other spectrum, which is like, you know, the like indie pop rock and kind of meld the two. Yeah. So you have this band like Thrush Hermit and you get into them at like, you know, 15, 16 years old, but they're a Halifax band. So it must be really hard for a teenager to go see them because it's not really that close. It's probably a couple hours, right? It's about three and a half hours, maybe. Yeah. Depending on okay. from Cape Breton, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not super close. But that was a that seemed to be the music that was popular. And I know my older sister's friends were all listening to like to those bands, and and I thought it was so cool, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, watching much music, what that was, uh, you know, where we watched music videos in Canada and seeing Halifax bands. You know, it's still it's far away, but it seemed. It didn't seem that far away, you know. Kind yeah, of, it was cool to see people that were from the same. You didn't seem out of province. Reach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really uh, 
in our youth really kind of gravitated toward that yeah. music for sure. So I'm guessing that on account of that distance, you probably didn't get a chance to see Thrush Hermit when they were together. Yeah, no, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't get to see them live. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe some of the Super Friends reunion shows and the Thrush Hermit yeah. reunion shows. Uh, but yeah, we weren't making the we weren't making the trek to go see them live, unfortunately, at the time. No. How did Teenage Fan Club? It's funny. I was just talking to Tony from Great Lake Swimmers, and he's a huge Teenage Fan Club fan. Um, so it's interesting to talk about them again. How did they? show up on your radar for me it was travis yeah the other guy in the band you just uh he always like was like like burning cds and it was like check these bands out and it would be like these bands i'd never heard of and of course like you know we my parents listened to like george jones and the rankin family and you know that's probably about it <laughs> and uh like you did, i didn't have a whole uh a big catalog of music to choose from and Trav was definitely that avenue. He was scouring the the uh, the dial up internet and and getting all these <laughs> these great these great bands that just kind of like uh, consumed our our interest. You know, what was your first teenage fan club album? A uh, bandwagon s bandwagon s yeah. yeah. In terms of of blending that sort of the traditional styles with the modern styles, was that a conscious decision or was it or did it seem like a natural decision? Was it something you guys decided to do? Like the way I was thinking, like with the Pogues did like traditional with punk, right? That seemed like very conscious. Was it was it even a discussion or was it like just something that naturally seemed to make sense? It kind of I I'm gonna say that I it naturally seemed to make sense. Like we had written some songs in in the in the vein that really evoked emotions from home and it was very like um far away from the stuff we were writing with Mardine. Even we tried to slip one of those songs, I remember in, in a in a Mardine set and it was just like a total curveball. It was kind of silenced the audience it was like, what is this? And that it really, it was really like, there should be two two bands here. Uh, so we, we just split and did, uh, it really focused on Village's material and, and started writing uh, songs, like you said, that had that like Celtic inspiration but I think where I'm going to say it wasn't conscious is just because of how how we write. The only way we know how to write music was is with that. Like I don't think we could resist the urge to. <laughs> yeah. to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether I don't know that that was conscious. I think that's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were. It was probably instinctual more than a conscious yeah decision. When you guys decided to pursue a career in music, was that something that your parents were supportive of? I think there was always music happening. Like our aunts, like John's mom, and like my, uh, like, they all like played guitar. Yeah, but whenever there was like get togethers, there was always a guitar on the go and people were singing and, 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 and playing music. As far as like a push, like you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, they're very like proud of us for sure, but it was, they never said no. No, there was never, <laughs> never really an opposition. Like Matt said, there was tons of music in, in our family. My mom used to sing the national anthem at hockey games and stuff like that. So wow, I, th I think they're definitely delighted that we played music um, and certainly never, you know, opposed it. But I don't, I'm not sure that they were like, you should really, you should pursue this <laughs> with, with all you got. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is, is it, maybe a natural of course. thing for it's a hard road. Yeah. <laughs> it is a hard road. And and I also the road it, the road that we're talking about is also so much different than when, say, 
when like Thrush Hermit, I remember I got their first album and like, I don't know if it was their first album, but I got the one in, in like 96 with Skip the Life on it. Yep. Which I really, really love. And um, for them in 96, making it, right, was totally a different concept than, because it's pre-internet, it's pre-all that stuff. It's different than the way it is now. And so when you think about like putting groceries on the table, putting money in the bank, being a band that is a professional functional unit, it's a lot different than it was. But so is the answer to to tour, I guess touring is the way to go, right? Because that's like, it's not about album sales anymore, probably. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, <laughs> album sales are, are definitely uh, tricky for sure. Yeah, I, th I think too, uh, we're kind of in a, this weird stage where our band started to make some noise and we got help with agents and, and label just right before the pandemic. Mm. So it was like, this is, we're still figuring yeah. it out. You know what I mean? Like we hit the road tomorrow and it's logistics are not black and white. Like it's uh it's just, I think it's still, still a strange time to be, to be touring and like, say like financially supporting yourself with music. And also having to keep healthy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously there's still illness out there. And so um, I would imagine that's in the back of your head. Like we have to stay healthy to play, to make, right? Totally. totally. Yeah. That's like, uh, I know personally, like we, like in Nova Scotia, the masking laws dropped a bit back and uh like you, it's not required to wear a mask when you're out and stuff but come closer to touring you know i'm wearing a mask for sure because you don't want to get you don't want to get sick when it's you know time to work yeah how neurotic does that make one when you when you think about like i've got to stay i've got to really stay healthy here yeah 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 i know it's something that's your like you said man it's in the back of your mind for sure because we had here in, in the states it was like you had to have a mask to get in but nobody was enforcing you keeping that mask on. Interesting. Yeah. So people would just drop the mask when they were in and it's like, <laughs> you know, which kind of defeated the purpose of. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, that's true. I think we did, you know, I don't know how far we want to go with pandemic talk, but like we, <laughs> we, we were very uh, eager to please people here and we, we, we abided by the laws pretty good. I think our numbers were pretty decent. And they were for a time. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, of course, there were lots of different iterations of what the rules were, and we adhered to them as best we could. But yeah, we didn't do as well. We had, <laughs> we had, we had a lot of. Uh, the United States is very fractured and and politically, and so we had like you'd go from one state to the next, and it would just change in terms yeah. of what people's tolerance or, and it seems like Canada was a lot more unified in that you guys did from province to province, you did much better, I think, than we did. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, well done, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there was definitely still some, lots of rocky times for sure. Uh, yeah. Not to say, you know, we were, <laughs> we were nailing it every step of the way. That wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't be fair to say uh, really either, but I think we did uh, a pretty good job considering it was tough, tough time to navigate for sure for, yeah. for people. Is there a sense of community with other bands that are doing the same thing that you're doing? Are you, do you have a fellow, because again, I, I have this romantic idea that, that there's in Canada, there's much more of a fellowship among bands than there is in the U S because 
Um, it's just smaller in terms of, you know, who's doing what. Um, it seems like everyone knows each other and everyone seems to like everybody else. Is, do, you, do you get a sense of community even outside of the province? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, we have, you know... Like all those people you basically said, everywhere you, we go, yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, those people you talk to, we, yeah, they're great friends. You know what I mean? Like they're everybody's very supportive of your, you know, if you, if we, I don't want to say, um, you know, if you like, if you dig, if you if you pick up what they're putting down, then we're, we're all very supportive of each other. You know, you know, one of the things, one of the great strengths of your band is that is the collaborative element. Um, you know, it's it's if you're Nick Drake, you're just you're by yourself in your room and you're really sad and you're writing your songs. You guys are, are the opposite in the sense that you are, it's collaborative and it's, um, it's, there's also a community spirit in the way that you're creating your art. Do you love that collaborative process? Is, is that feel natural to work that way? It's the only way, like you're talking to John and I here, but villages is very much a band. Archie and Trav are, and John and I are, are villages. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, equal parts creativity and it's there's no other way to do it it's uh there's so much love and trust with this band i can't i can't express that enough yeah like and and we all like in in terms of writing i feel like we're so there's such a great chemistry with one another that we that ego kind of is flushed out and uh, the song is the most important thing and um yeah i i think i'm trailing off here but it's i feel like i had a great point <laughs> <laughs> well you you do in the sense that it's that writing together is the most is far more natural than writing alone yeah and to, to sorry i think i might be coming back a little bit it's like we all love it it's so much that it's we push one another, you know, like we know, like here's an idea and we we're not married to an idea. It's just that an idea is strangely simultaneously the most important thing and the least important thing, because it's just that it's an idea that could be very exciting or it's just another idea, but we all love to, to push each other when writing. And it's, it's just the, the best environment. It calls out to me now.
taking a note or you know criticism if someone says like because obviously the goal is the pursuit of the song right yeah. so if if john has a note or you know if you have a note um is that something that of course like you said if the ego has gone then you're going to be just fine right yeah. so it seems like it seems like you guys can be open about like oh, i'm not so sure about that and let's try this well that yes sorry john if i'm doing all the talking no, no. but like it's it's that because it's like, if I get a note from John, it's John telling me that. So I have so much trust and faith in John that I, I have to listen to like, really listen to what he's saying because it's, it's going to be a great idea. And oftentimes if it is, if the band does take an idea in a direction that makes, that may maybe is like an un uncomfortable to the original thought that you had, it's kind of the best place to be because like there's a Bowie line that's just like if you're not on you know if you're out if you're not outside your comfort zone then you're not really doing anything that's perhaps exciting. So I, I personally take that. I always remember that, and uh, I think there I think the rest of us do too. Oh, absolutely, you know, no, perfectly, perfectly put, sir. No. Yeah, yeah John, you're the same. You're same idea. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's. I think we've just been doing it 
for so long now that it's not even something that enters the conscious mind. If somebody has a, you know, a, an idea that differs from an idea that maybe you had, um, yeah, it doesn't even really yeah. register a thought that that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to push back on this. I mean, maybe there are certain cases where you feel something really strongly about something and, and you maybe want to make your case for the idea, but I would yeah. say that's, that's rare. I can't really think of too many instances where. Yeah. It's very open and, and trusting and loving and creative environments. Like the, the four of us together is, I don't know. It's the greatest. Are the lyrics handled by everybody as well? Um, I'm definitely open to things and stuff, but I think usually if it's like, if it's a song that John is singing, he would write the lyrics. And if it's a song I'm singing, I would write the lyrics. They kind of over time, especially as when an idea is shared, we like to have lyrics in a, in not a finished place, but in a place where it accompanies the song to, so that the, if the song has a vibe, you know what I mean? So, and then, and then it, then it goes, enters the band and the lyrics have, can create the tone, like, you know what I mean, of the song. And that's when everybody gets working and, um, yeah, so. I think the lyrics are a good example of where you can check your ego because there's nothing more personal mm -hmm. than, you know, a set of, uh, lyrics that accompany music. But like Matt said, we're completely, we've, I've had lyrics rewritten by you know lyrics that i had written originally rewritten by the band and the songs are are better for it yeah so i noticed that there's instruments behind you um which which makes sense um what is your um sometimes people who listen to the show are young musicians that are sort of you know aspiring to be um where you guys are and i always like to talk about the the daily discipline like are you are you guys who play every day or are there days where you don't play or does it feel weird not to play every day? Like, where are you in terms of that? I, I would say for myself personally, I'm more of a, like a daily uh, noodler. I can't, I kind of around my own house have, uh, you know, instruments kind of here and there so that if I'm walking by, I can pick something up and, and uh, you know, noodle around a bit or work out an idea. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the discipline uh you know, really working on scales or, or, you know, really practicing to really improve the craft of playing my instrument. I would say that aligns maybe with Archie. Yeah. He's, you know, just such a, a gifted uh, guitar player and takes, you know, playing the guitar really seriously. Uh, I myself yeah. like to noodle around on as many different instruments as possible. Yeah. Uh, similarly, uh, I'll speak for one of the other guys too, that's not here. Trav plays both the guitar and bass at the same time. He plays mm. the, the bass synth with his feet and the guitar with his hands. And so there's some hours there for sure that he's putting Whoa. in not on that on that end. Uh, and, there, might uh, be, there might be some yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, similar to John, for me, it's like uh, never not doing it. Just always open to... Uh, like lyrics or melody it just kind of comes out of nowhere and then you just you know the whole iphone is a great thing for just jot an idea down and uh with instrumentation you know right now this computer is sitting on a, a fender roads that i cannot play 
but I've uh, written some things on it, if that makes any sense. I find instruments are kind of like a means to an end for, for to get the idea down. An instrument is hard enough. What made him decide to throw in playing <laughs> <laughs> like that's like where where would that idea come from because i would think that it'd be difficult enough just to wrangle with one instrument yeah uh i think we we're always trying to <laughs> searching to add elements to the live show and so you know we we used to play just like a mandolin acoustic guitar electric guitar and and vocals and we decided we needed some low end so this was the way we could do it without without uh, hiring a bass player, I guess. Yeah, um, it, it's strange too, because I played the bass. I played the bass in Mardine, and uh, I th maybe there was uh, some ego there when I'm thinking about it, because I was like, <laughs> I just want to sing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll play the bass with my feet. But there, <laughs> there is also something to be said for a, you know, sub bass, synth bass. It's a bit different than playing, like, you know, it sounds different than, than a, a regular electric bass. I yeah. think it brings a different element. Totally, very happy it, it happened that way. Like it's a cool vibe that it's just a very cool vibe. You should tell him. Just say, hey, it's it's this is really great, but it will be really impressed if you could throw in a third instrument at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is a picture of him that exists somewhere that he's got he's the guitarist strapped on and he's got the bass synth and there's he's got the melodeon. Yeah, like, right. And his now oh. he's got something. You know, he's got it all covered, but. And to that point too, we're talking about instrumentation with like everybody in the band is, is not, it's like, uh, I guess like not, uh, of course they've mastered what they're doing, but they're also open to like, hey, like, I mean, Archie plays like 12 string guitar, six string guitar, obviously. And then like bazooki, uh, cause he's like, maybe the bazooki would be better here or whatever. John is like mandolin, tenor guitar. Like these, these people are, very talented <laughs> <laughs> they, they are talented and dexterous yes yeah um so when you guys play live does he do both live yeah that's pretty impressive yeah it's great. yeah it is i think a lot of, because of a lot of what he's doing is happening on the ground people don't really realize it but yeah yeah it is pretty impressive for sure so in the timeline of your young life as you're starting to get really into say like indie rock was there a place in Cape Breton where an indie rock band would play? Yeah. I don't want to say that it never happened. I, I'm trying to think. I can't remember seeing indie rock in Cape Breton where we grew up anyway, maybe in the, in the metropolis that is uh, Sydney, uh, there may have been, but yeah. I, I, my first um, indie rock show that I can remember seeing was in Glasgow. So about halfway between Cape Breton and Halifax, and it was Sam Roberts and Matt Mays. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> he blew my mind. Yeah, I think I was 17 or 18 yeah. years old. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, there was there was also a, a high school band in our in our high school that was like writing indie rock stuff that was that kind of blew our minds. That was just like this was the band that it was the first time that we actually that we were seeing like these guys are writing their own stuff. And they had the coolest band names and the bass yeah. player wore like, he had like this wild hair and like a motorcycle helmet. And, and it was just like, it was very jarring. You were like, this is, this is wild. And you can do that. You can just like write your own <laughs> stuff and be whatever you want to be. And so uh, it was very inspiring. 
What happened to those guys? Uh, they're living their best lives, I think. Uh, yeah, they yeah kind of have a sort of pulse on everybody now with social media and everything. You you can kind of see what folks are are up to. Um, yeah, they all kind of individually seem to be living their best lives. Yeah, they're the same crew too that you know exposed us to right Hermit and super friends and sloan and all these bands so they were just like the ultimate yeah cool people for for us to look up to when we were younger yeah big time my last canadian name drop i interviewed the trues and the guitar player told me that at the end of every show they get together and they go over the show like okay here's how they like here's the post-mortem here's how it went down um which seems like a very um dedicated way of evaluating a performance do you guys do that or is that is that something that seems like it's maybe going a little too far? That, that sounds like a real, uh, like a hockey approach to uh, <laughs> it uh, does to, to rock and roll. Uh, that, that's cool. We definitely reflect. Um, yeah. And, and I certainly wouldn't say that that's going too far. It obviously works for them. They're, they're so uh, incredibly yeah. good and tight at what they do. Um, but uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't see that for us, really. But. No, I don't see that for us. No, no, not really. Uh, that does not surprise me, though, about the no. truth hearing that. Yeah. They, no? they, well, we, uh, that could have been like an indie, that's, that might have been it. Yeah. There was an indie rock experience, like one of our first, there was a battle of the bands, uh, and the Trues, Trues are from Anaganish, right? Yes. So they crossed the causeway to Cape Breton and, and uh, entered the battle of the bands, and it was a joke. Like it was just like they were insane. <laughs> they, I remember they played Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and uh, and they played like oh, some stuff from the White Album. And it was it could, this could be taken in like an I don't know like a. This is to be taken in the spirit of which it's intended, which is with, uh, with admiration for the, for the confidence and the chops that they have. But I remember after they played, they had to get, like, leave the competition and go to another gig. And he just said on the mic, he was like, just send the check in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) And they obliterated it. It was like, you know, it was amazing. They just crushed. (laughs) Just crushed. Yeah. (laughs) Including. Yeah, they crushed. That's funny. They, I mean, they are such a great band. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And I remember seeing them one time. Um, I don't. Maybe this was this because I haven't seen them a whole pile of times, where like John Angus's guitar like shorted out, and the guitar and the singer whose name escapes me just jumped up, jumped on the lead. Like yeah. he knew. Yeah, you so, know what I mean. It was just so fluid. It was like, what is this? Was, and they, like this is forever ago. They were so young. Oh yeah. 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 And I think those guys are brothers, aren't they? Isn't John yeah. Angus and the singer are brothers, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that probably helped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a voice that guy has. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Um, how much improvisation goes on on stage for you guys? Like, is there is there stuff where you'll take a detour, or is it is it pretty is the path pretty well established? I think we can get into some psych territory, psych freakouts for sure. With some uh some parts within the song you just feel it and everybody there's great chemistry so everyone just knows like let's keep this let's ride this out yeah yeah I think no, there's, there's some for sure, for sure. 
what kind of stuff are you guys listening to these days? Like any what's what's on your uh what's on your playlist these days? I'm in a bit of a funk myself. Currently. I've, I've <laughs> really? Been, I've been listening to uh A Ghost is Born, Wilco's A Ghost is Born, basically. That's my it's kind of like I've watched The Sopranos a hundred times. I'll listen to A Ghost is Born a million times and never tire of it. Um but uh yeah I, I can't think of anything super exciting that i'm yeah i you'll say something that I'll... well well i went i did back it's like seasonal where i like oh maybe like into something new and and stuff but i kind of dip back to like uh bright phoebus like that that folk record um and kind of back into like the first planksty record so just kind of getting back into that british isle folk vibe and I know as soon as we leave this, we'll be like, oh, there was this really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. I know. I know. That's the way it goes. Did, yeah. when, was there ever a fascination for you guys with America? Did you have like, this idea of this notion of what America would be like and, and, and getting and playing shows in America? Had that ever occurred to you? Or, or do you think about that? I, I think it from, still does. Yeah, absolutely. It's always been a dream, you know, to play as much as we can in America, and we've, we've only played once, once. Uh, in the States. And in fact, it makes so much more sense for us geographically to play in the States than it does to play much of Canada, because it's so, you know, once you get to a certain point in Ontario, it's so vast, the country, mm -hmm. so much space between towns or cities that, uh, you know, it probably makes more geographical sense to, to play in the States. Yeah. So, uh, we're playing that um, we are playing in Ohio yeah for NPR mountain stage in May yeah. very excited about that yeah that's very yeah. cool but it yeah. makes sense for you guys to play like Buffalo or or like New York yeah yeah it's weird like we've played like that's true and we never thought about that because we've played Toronto and people have came from Buffalo yeah. to see us in Toronto <laughs> and so you think well maybe we should go to Buffalo New York City, um, yeah. there's so many, there's so many places there. But yeah, it does make sense to to cross there. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, being a, a San Francisco guy, I mean, man, people would love you out here. It's too, it's. I know it's such a far trek for you, but um, you'd have a great audience here. I think people would really dig what you guys are doing. I see, yeah. a, I see a couch behind you. Maybe we'll. Yeah, you can crash here. <laughs> yeah, you can crash on the couch. There will be a cat. <laughs> So I told a friend of mine I was going to be interviewing. They oh ask him about the Cabot Trail because evidently they've been to uh, where you guys are from, and they said it's absolutely beautiful. Can you can verify that? You can absolutely verify that. Yeah, and it's funny. It's one of those things. Uh, I'm sure as a kid I probably went around the Cabot Trail and did the whole you know the the, the routing of the Cabot Trail, but it's really only in my adulthood that that I've actually done it and knew what I was doing and was kind of blown away at the at the beauty of my of my own sort of home so absolutely. to speak it is it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous if you ever get a chance um it's 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 worth the trek for sure especially in the fall when the the leaves are changing the the, the tricolor it's it's gorgeous and nature is a huge part of the lyrical the iconography that you guys choose it's very nature-based right for sure. Yeah, it's that's that's something that we can't really run from. It's that's in our bones. It's just we we're surrounded by uh by beauty and 
it's hard not to kind of reflect on that. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, come west. There's a couch for you right here, and uh, and there's sunlight. Yes, <laughs> yes. Some Bay Area sun. Um, anyway, I love the record. I love what you guys. I love what you guys do. And um, you know, it's it's just so cool to talk to you guys. And I know we we live quite far away, but it's just it's great to kind of bridge the gap here and and um, and connect with you. I hope you'll I hope you come back on the show. Oh, this this means a lot to us. Like you said, like being someone from far away who's you know digging it. It's very very cool. easily two of the nicest guys you could ever want to talk to two force of the band villages john and matt great to talk to those guys listen pick up the album it is a revelation dark island all you have to do is go to the and uh, pick it up also go to their store i'm looking at it right now and they have some things i think you might like a villages hat a sweater a uh, bandana a old Scotia tote, and a uh, cool long sleeve shirt plus vinyl. Just think how adorable you'd look in a Villages outfit. You can pretty much put one together at their store. Uh, AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. I do have a new book coming out late spring, The Adventure Teen All-Stars. More information on that coming up. Trust me, I'll be blathering on and on in the most shameless self-promoting, narcissistic way on my own podcast, which seems fitting. Bombshellradio.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with our radio station. See what makes us tick. You can follow me on Twitter at Ember's Editor or on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or just email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, rate, and review and tell all your friends. We would appreciate it. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Play the Fiddle All Night by Villages from their marvelous album, Dark Island. Enjoy it, and thank you, as always, for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast, only right here on Bombshell Radio. Oh, well, everyone knows Down the John Neil George Road There's a diamond for nothing and let's support ya And with an old tin can up the marble mountain Oh, you'll hear me singing I the bias that says I love ya In the middle of the night Should you find me still a Under my slick 
Cause it's the wind that gets ya And then the rolling hills Under rolling thunder You can hear me whistling a tune If you're listening, I bet ya In the night 